0: I'm wrestling, not weak for me. Celebrate what I am. Celebrate what I have been. Celebrate what I represent. And celebrate the many ways I have impacted your life. I will survive this test as I have survived others. I am forever etched into the very fiber of all mankind. The world needs me. Time is on my
1: side. History guarantees me. I am wrestling. Do not wait for me. What's up, everybody? This is Ben Askren, your host, as always, of the T-Rone Funky Show. We're on episode number 45, sponsored, as always, by Defense Soap, Defend What You Have Built, and I am joined, as always, by my main man, Mr. Tommy Rollins. Tommy, what's going on in Ohio tonight?
0: Oh, nothing, man. Just the fall air is creeping in. The leaves are changing. That usually means wrestling season is upon us. So it's awesome.
1: We're getting close. I, I know we're not doing a preview tonight, but we are going to have to do a, a college preview at some point. Oh, yeah. Uh, before the season. I know we, we only have, what, three or four weeks left or something like that, right?
0: I know, and then we can really start. <laughs> and then we can really find some good stuff to talk about.
1: <laughs> right. Hey, so I wanted to bring up one thing before, before we got too deep and before I forgot. Now, Tommy, it has now been, I believe, four weeks since the flow story about the referees came out, and still nothing from UWW. Nothing yeah, I'm, at I'm all. Yeah,
0: very, I'm very impressed with your but like, prediction on that. Do we want um, to do a
1: hunger strike or something till we get we, something out of them?
0: I mean, how do we do it? I
1: think if I mean, how, might just go on hunger it? strike, and I, you know, I'll go FaceTime live, and I'll just say... Going to, I can last quite a while because in my early early days when I was a stupid weight cutter, I would just not eat, which is a, a terrible way to cut weight. But uh, nevertheless, I did it, so I, I think I could go. You know, give me some water so I don't die, but I think I could go a few days without eating. <laughs>
0: Let's do it, man. I'm down. I could probably afford to go on a hunger strike. I mean, I got plenty <laughs> of built up reserves, um, mo- much more than I care to admit. I'll tell you what, I went uh, Sunday night just to. Since we're kind of BSing here, I was at a um, good friend of mine, J.D. Bergman. Uh, either two or three time world world team member, I forget how many. I heard
1: he got married, is that what you're talking got, about?
0: Got married on Sunday night and it was kind of a who's who in the wrestling community. You had uh, Jay Jaggers, Tom Ryan, Russ Hellickson, Jordan Burroughs, um, Richard Perry, De Lagnev, wow. Lo- Logan Stieber. Um, and that's just probably the, you know, the celeb 10, but then there so, was probably so another. How many, 30. how
1: many wrestling matches broke out at the wedding? N- uh,
0: none that I was a part of, but I'll tell you what was weird is I was at my table with my, and this is kind of how meatheadish we all think, but I was at my table with, you know, Blake Kaplan, who was an All American, yep. and, um, another couple friends of mine. And I'm looking at the tables, and it's like, you got Delagnev, Burroughs, and Richard Perry at one table. So that table would probably whip anybody else's table. <laughs> then you got, you got Cody Magrum and Steber and Bo Jordan at another table. It's like, oh man, they might take us out too. Then you got, you know, Nick Preston and Jay Jaggers at the other table. was like, man, they they'd be creeping on us too. It's like, it was pretty tough, tough group. You so know, you only table.
1: had you and Blake Kaplan. You had no backup beyond. I had or? Robbie
0: Rosenfeld who wrestled at Ohio State. Okay. Jesse Lang, my business partner. Who's oh,
1: a, Lang could do some damage. He's
0: a tough hombre. I think I saw him cradle you at the <laughs> the Ruta Sales Summit. I, I was think all, you might have.
1: All part of my plan. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: yeah man it was, uh, it was a good wedding good time and pretty cool to see everybody in in the room together at the same time probably you know plenty of good conversations occurred so
1: so did he get married on a sunday night because people in ohio aren't allowed to get married when the buckeyes are playing or something
0: i why? don't know man it's the first sunday wedding i've ever been i was to. gonna say sunday uh,
1: wedding that's pretty unique
0: yeah i've never been to a sunday wedding but you know, I was happy happy for JD, a good close friend of mine, and it was fun to get in touch with everybody. So, I had a good time Sunday night.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that 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 sounds like a blast. So, I was at the Super 32 this weekend. Uh, brought three kids down here. I'm actually still in North Carolina. I spent a few days working out with uh, the Wolfpack RTC or the North Carolina RTC. Uh, what do you
0: Before you get in the Super 32, sure. tell me tell me about the Wolfpack since the exit of the Gwiz.
1: Well, yeah, well... You know he's still in the RTC, but obviously he was over in Russia competing, so he's not around. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they, they do have, uh, you know, I like the way they run their RTC. They have a handful of pretty good athletes, and they, they you know, they have a rotation of college guys who come in with the RTC guys. Uh, you know, different guys each day, so so that that many aren't missing practice. Uh, yeah, quite, you know, quite a few really tough guys. Obviously, Gwiz is on the road. Uh, but man, North Carolina State they they're doing it right. They're they're putting doing all the right moves to hopefully become a, a regular college powerhouse program.
0: It's awesome, man. I can't wait to see Papalizio just continue to obviously make the program a little bit better every year. I mean, he, to me he's like a Rob Cole of at this point probably yep. 20 20 years ago. You know what I mean? So sure. Um, or, or even a Tom Ryan or Borelli or, you know, or Tim Flynn, just from that mold where they're not Olympic and world champions, but they plug in, you know, top five, six teams every year. I think he's on, he's on that track.
1: Well, obviously, um, you know, in most sports, the best athletes don't make the best coaches, but for some, some reason in wrestling, um, people always want to put the best athletes in those coaching positions. And, you know, you see someone like, like a Brian Smith didn't have amazing credentials. Um, and so sometimes when guys like that get an opportunity, they make a great coach. And, and I, I don't know for sure, but I want to say wrestling might be one of the only sports where you're really required to have an extensive background in wrestling to be the coach. I mean...
0: Yeah, you know, I didn't expect us to talk about this, but it's actually a great topic that maybe we should save for another episode. But I'll just give you a little preview to my opinion there. And I Well, I we, can, got,
1: we got a coach coming on, so we, we can hit it up a little bit. And
0: and he's not Mr. Olympic champ, world champ coach, yeah. so it might might fit well. But, you know, Ben, I completely agree with you that the, the credentials of a coach – that he had as a competitive athlete. It's overrated in our sport. I completely agree. That being said, why do you think it does matter a little bit, whereas in football it is completely and 100% irrelevant? Why do you think it matters a little bit in wrestling? Because it does matter a little bit.
1: Yeah, I, I, you know what? I, I I can't say 100%. I would – and I really haven't thought about this at depth, so I guess I'm going to say it's the first thing that comes to my mind And the first thing that comes to my mind is that people who, uh, you know, a college senior graduates, the only ones who are sticking around to train uh, are the ones who are the top of the top, right? Yep. And so those guys are then spending a lot of time within the college program. And so when their competitive career is over, um, they've already spent three or four or five or who knows, maybe more years. You know kind of, and you're there every day, so it's not like you're not helping you're de- even though you might not be an official coach on staff, you're helping with something right? so you spend right. all these years helping and being around and so it it probably just makes a natural fit to bring those guys on staff and um, and then obviously, once you're on staff, then you ascend the ranks and uh, hopefully become a head coach. Um, so I haven't thought of depth, but that would probably be my initial intuition about it.
0: I've thought a lot about it actually. I've probably invested oh, let's say ten hours of collective thought, which okay. is a lot. Which is a lot of thought if you think about it. I've probably yeah. thought about it ten hours over the past I don't know five years, um, and I think first and foremost is there's not that many jobs. Yeah. You know, there's 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 you know, let's call it seventy five D one programs, and then probably another two hundred collegiate programs, right? Yeah. So there, there's two hundred seventy five programs times an average of Let's say two and a half full time jobs. Yeah. So 275 times two and a half. I'm doing very fuzzy math here, but that's six or seven hundred jobs. So there's six or seven hundred jobs. Sure. I think that's number one reason. Is there's just not that many jobs, and people just out of laziness give it to the guy with the credentials. To me, that's the number one reason. Number yeah. two reason is the reason you brought up, which is that the most guys need to go make a living and they can make a better living for themselves the the unaccomplished wrestler can make a better living for himself at age 23 by going into the work world as opposed to coaching where as in other sports it's kind of a linear path where it's like i can make 45 grand being a grad assistant on the football team or i can make 45 grand yeah working for Morgan Stanley well
1: what about Tommy what about the fact that I had three
0: reasons, Ben. I had three reasons.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go sorry.
0: Ahead. No way, nobody do. And the third reason is a legit reason. And I think wrestling is a tremendous feel sport. Yeah. So I think there is merit to our best competitors being able to translate, understand, and and communicate the sport in a way that makes them somewhat unique. Not totally unique, but I think there is merit in having um, a lot of credentials in a sport where feel, and it's hard yeah. to explain necessarily. Um, so I think those are the three reasons for me.
1: Okay, well, let me throw something at you real quick here. Okay. Because uh, while you think about that, say so two thoughts. Number one would be, um, you know, someone like a Dwayne Goldman or a Barry Davis, and yeah, I'm kind of going to throw those guys under the bus, but I mean, they, they were about as good as it gets in college wrestling, and Barry Davis obviously got an Olympic silver medal. Um and they're at big time programs, you know, Div- Division One, Big Ten programs, which is the best of the best. And you would say they haven't necessarily overachieved, and both of them have been there for over twenty years. And uh, you know, the administration's not really pressuring them, whereas like uh, was the guy from what was it LSU that just got fired? And he, had, you know, Les he Miles, he had like a nine hundred winning percentage or something insane. So I mean, maybe the administration's not giving some of these guys the boot. Where there will be more turnover within the coaching ranks. And then, so then, no
0: doubt. I mean,
1: to go on top of that, um, the football coaching staff has like, you know, what, 20 guys probably on it? Right. And so, what you're getting then is out of those 20, you're getting to see who can actually coach and who can't, right? Right. And the ones who can coach are getting moved up, and the ones who can't are getting weeded out. Whereas in wrestling, when, like you said, you have two or three, um, and they're there because they stuck around. And then and the other guys, you know, and other people couldn't get jobs. And then so then those people get then thrust into head coaching jobs. And then the administration is lackadaisical about holding them to higher standards and and they stay around for 25 years.
0: No doubt. And there's just so many reasons. You know, I wasn't like I was saying that it makes sense that we hire our best athletes and neglect everyone else. I was just trying to like, you know, to your point. I I agree with you. I think it's an
1: interesting thought. I think it's. I actually think it's
0: ridiculous. I mean, it is ridiculous overall. It's it's actually a ridiculous um, presumption to make that since you're a great wrestler, you're going to be a great coach.
1: Yeah, and Uh, and frankly, uh, you know, I think sometimes it, um, sometimes not always, but it's kind of actually the opposite because some of the guys who who don't have the struggle, they're just the best because they're the best, and maybe they listen to coaches. They haven't put a lot of time and thought into why do I do what I do? What I do? How do I do what I do? And how do I teach that to someone? How do I break it down into pieces to get someone else to do that same thing? You know? Yep. And so I, I have seen – because actually at AWE, we've been able to bring in an amazing amount of high-level wrestlers to come do clinics for our kids. And it is really interesting to see um, the, person the difference. by person. And I'll tell you someone like Brian Smith who's been in coaching now for 20, 25 years – um <clears throat> the way he can speak to athletes and talk to them and break stuff down um uh, I mean it's just so so much better than college kids or you know guys who are just out of college who haven't had that experience and so someone like him man he was just breaking it down doing a great job and you know I've seen some very 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 good guys who just they are not great at at describing exactly what it is they're doing
0: Completely agree. I could not agree more. You know, our podcasts are always better, Ben, when you and I are in a heated debate or an argument. <laughs> it's kind of disappointing when you and I are on the same page because it probably doesn't help the ratings too much.
1: Yeah. Well, and so, <laughs> what, so what do you think about Kale? Kale's like, and Kale and Gable are best athletes, and and obviously I know Kale's got a lot of help, and there's a great coaching staff there. But you'd have to, you'd have a hard pressed argument saying that. He's not the most effective coach over the last 5 years, right?
0: No, yeah, I mean, it's, listen, it just because you were a great athlete, great competitor doesn't doesn't mean that you aren't going to be a great coach. It just doesn't it simply does not correlate, sure, I guess. Sure. Yeah. It's, you know, it's Kale has some nuances about himself that he's able to leverage, but you know, it's 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 a difficult thing to talk about, but I I guess
1: I mean, you'd think with Cale, and you know, one of the criticisms I've heard of John Smith, which there aren't a whole lot to go around about John Smith, um, is just that he can't relate to he can't relate to guys losing and guys not being good because he was so good at what he did. And you know, I've heard that from international old, you know, senior level guys that yeah, I went over and lost to this guy and he was a, a world medalist or whatever, and and I come back and John just doesn't understand how you know how you lose because he never did. <laughs> crazy it's crazy right yeah
0: absolutely absolutely
1: so uh we got matt Cullen, and he's he's about two minutes away
0: awesome. so i guess
1: i can probably just go on a monologue about the super 32 yeah
0: do that do that um
1: man this so is that that tommy this is the first time i came and it was kind of like a little tester we brought three kids and wanted to wanted to check it out and see what it was all about um Man, the level of competition out here, and and I guess I I thought about it afterwards, but I had never, ever been to an East Coast folk style tournament. So Wisconsin High School has very strict regulations on travel. So we don't, you know, we as high school programs, they don't really get to travel. And then in the spring, we wrestle all all freestyle and and Greco, so we never really traveled for folk style. Um, Man, great competition. Every bracket was stacked. And, and I, I'm super impressed with, I mean, I just think year over year that the ability of the high school wrestlers is getting better and better. I mean, some of these kids I saw wrestling, it was like, you know, they, they could be competing with college kids right now today.
0: I agree. And I don't know if it's if it's just me, but I feel like we've seen, like, for, I don't know, there was like, when I came out of high school and maybe... Five or six years prior to that, when I was thirteen or fourteen, I feel like the caliber of wrestling stayed the same from like '95. I'm talking about coming out of high school from like '95 until, let's say, what did Logan, when did Logan steiber and David Taylor graduate?
1: Was like 2010 ish or? Yeah, years? I mean, I
0: feel like the wrestling for like 15 years coming out of high school it was kind of the same, and I'm not saying it was bad; it was good wrestling, same, but yeah, it was kind of the same. And then I feel like in the past five or six years. There's been a foundational shift in the caliber of wrestler that comes out of high school.
1: Yeah, so what, what do you, I mean, obviously I think one thing, I don't want to pat myself on the back or anything, but having high-level wrestlers, having these academies and stuff, oh, hold on, Matt's calling in. Got it. Uh,
2: How's it going, Ben?
1: Pretty good. Hey, uh, you mind if Tommy and I, and obviously we'd, we would enjoy if you uh, joined in, but we were just talking about the level of wrestling at the Super 32 and how how we both think that the the level of high school wrestling is significantly higher than, today than it was when you, know, you or I or Tommy was, was in high school and coming through. And just really the last five years, we've seen this explosion of really high-level high school wrestling. What do you think about that? I, I think you guys are spot on. I, I It's
2: crazy. I, I'm scared to think about what I would look like as a high school wrestler <laughs>
1: when I
2: wrestle with these guys today. Um, and... and I think part of the reason is you've just seen so many more clubs come out since. Uh, wow, you're we, taking the words right out of Ben's mouth, yeah.
1: Matt. <laughs> yeah,
2: clubs and then just the technology. You know, back in the day, you could only learn a wrestling move if somebody, you know, you sat down in front of somebody and they showed you a wrestling move. Now you can get online, you can go to Flow, you can go to YouTube. Yep. You can learn any move you want from behind a computer from some of the best in the world. You don't have to be in a wrestling room getting taught.
1: What do you guys think about and? I don't know that... First I- of all, I haven't got to say hi to Matt. So, Matt, oh, what's Go up, ahead, my brother? Tommy.
0: Thanks for coming How's on the show. How's it going,
2: show? Tommy? How
0: you doing? Oh, I'm hanging in, man. I had, uh, had a good weekend. We're at J.D. Bergman's wedding Sunday night, and now I'm doing a podcast on a Tuesday. Life couldn't be better.
2: Were, were you one of the dancers in that thriller scene?
0: I was not when one was of the a dancers. was thriller
1: in the- scene? What are you guys talking about?
0: Oh, you know J.D. Bergman's going to ham it up and have some cheesy dances at his wedding. That's how he rolls. So, yeah, he had a thriller... When he went to do like the dance where you do the garter belt thing okay. to your new bride, okay. instead, uh, there was a there was a, a premeditated act where they there was like smoke <laughs> coming out of the DJ's <laughs> DJ box, and the lights started flickering, and then all the men in the uh, wedding party did a, the thriller dance for uh, JD's Man. wife. It was pretty funny.
1: So were you were you scared that you were going to have to get in there, Tommy?
0: No man, but I, I don't. I don't mind cutting the rug a little bit. I mean, I gotta, I gotta have a little bit of a nudge from you know from the, from the beverages, but not too much. And then I'm out, I'm out there hanging out, having a good time, you know.
1: Uh, oh man, that's good. So uh, uh, wait, wait, you know so what's funny though is to- I wanted to get back to
0: Matt's comment, and then we can get back to Super Thirty Two. But it's amazing that he took the words right out of your mouth yeah. with the clubs, and then mine was going to be technology. That was what I was going to say. So. So, Sounds like we're all on the same page, right? Yeah, now. Yeah. Let
1: me add another one, and so I don't know. I, I don't know. If this is positive, negative, or, or other, and maybe you guys can speak on it. But obviously, and and kid, you know, my kids that I took down, they were asking me, "Well, what'd you wrestle in in high school, Ben?" And I tried telling them, like, guys, there wasn't anything to wrestle in. Like, you could <laughs> wrestle in the fall, and in the spring, you did like your Northern Plains, your your duels, and your nationals. And that was like that was it. You know what I'm saying? You just didn't have opportunities. So, do you think the amount of high-level competitions, um, do you think it helps? Sometimes I think it harms because these kids are constantly competing and not just worried about getting better. But, I mean, I think that probably has to have something to do with it, right?
2: Yeah, I, I don't know if it necessarily harms it because, I mean, as hard as you go in practice, you never simulate matches. And, and you could, you know, if you just wrestled practice all year long in a college room, you'd be wrestling some really good guys, but you wouldn't necessarily be ready for the NCAAs. So sure. I, I don't know if – I don't think it's –
1: it necessarily harms it. Yeah. What do you think, Tommy?
2: (laughs) No, yeah, I'm I'm with, I'm
0: with, I'm with you guys. I don't, I don't think that there's necessarily a harm either. I mean, I don't don't see it as being something that's too effective.
1: Sweet. So let's get into, uh, Matt, you're, you're our guest. So let's get into, uh, uh, your story. And so I guess where, you know, where we got to start is, um, you were the head assistant at Northwestern. Some stuff went down with Drew Perriano last year. And you essentially became the head coach, what I want to say, in November at some point. So very, very late in the game. Um, tough year with some injuries this year, but you, but you left the year standing and you're back for another one. And you are now officially the head coach. Um, how's all that gone down and are you feeling confident going into this year? Are you excited? How are you feeling? I,
2: I'm excited, man. It's uh Last year was a bit of a, of a roller coaster. Um, I, I wasn't... I wasn't expecting to be thrown into the position I was thrown into. And then uh, you know, a couple of weeks later, we have seizing ending injuries to Johnny Sebastian and, and Bryce Brill, who were two of the best guys we would have had in the lineup. And uh, I feel like I had almost every scenario I could have had thrown at me thrown at me in year one. And yeah. uh, you know, we got through it. The morale on the team was, was great. Uh, we, we came together more of, more as a team even despite having all, all the adversity that we ran into. So, you know, getting through last year was, uh, was a bit of a challenge, but we made it. And, uh, then I had the opportunity to to put together a new staff, um, get some new recruits in and, and kind of put my own stamp on it. And it's, uh, it's, it's going well now.
0: Let me interrupt you there, Matt. and, And I agree with you. It seems like you're building up some momentum here. Um, you mentioned the addition of some new staff members, and you've got Cody Brewer and Andrew Howe added to your staff. I mean, when I think about you know the people you have in that room and the youth of, of coaching you have in that room, I mean, talk about that dynamic and maybe what are some of the things that are, are great about it and some of the things, well, there's probably nothing negative about it at all, but maybe some of the things that you need to recruit against because your staff is so young. I mean, just take us through what that means to the program.
2: Right, well, obviously, any time you can add two guys to your staff, both of them four-time All-Americans national champs, that's, that's pretty good, you know? Yeah. So um, then, on, then on top of it, you get one of those guys, that's Andrew Howland, and I feel like describing him as a four-time All-American and a, and a national champ doesn't even do him justice. You know, he was one of the best NCAA wrestlers to come through his era. Um, internationally, too, if it wasn't for the greatest wrestler in the history of the U.S., I think he makes a couple of Olympic teams and and wins a bunch of medals. Mm -hmm. So having Hal come on board was huge for the program. Um, And then once we got Hal in place, the the next piece was uh, to to try to find ourselves another lightweight coach to, to bring in to roll around with a guy like Sebastian Rivera, who's a redshirt freshman for us this year and some of the other talented lightweights that we have. So uh, I, I was extremely fortunate with the assistance that I was able to bring in and help compliment myself and coach Beebe.
1: Yeah, that's and awesome, and uh, obviously, uh, now, I like Brewer a lot more than I did a month ago, and not saying I was against <laughs> him, but any time a man puts his hands on Tony Ramos like that, um, and, and as, as optimistic as I wanted to be about that match, Matt, I never, ever, <laughs> ever would have bet, I wouldn't have bet a dime on him getting five takedowns in a row within two minutes. Um, so, I, you know, I think I don't think anyone expected that. I mean, maybe you and maybe him, and maybe that's it, but... Obviously that shows what kind of level he Brewers at and he he has the ability to try to go make the non-Olympic world team here in uh what in a month or so?
2: Yeah. Yeah, yeah so 3 3 weeks or so. Um and and you know I'm going to ask you to keep this between me, you guys, and whoever's listening, so Brewer will probably find out. <laughs> oh, we'll
0: it's that. only it's only
2: forty-seven thousand listeners. Nationwide. Yeah, you know, I'm nice. sure they I can mean... keep their mouths shut too. But <laughs> I, I, I thought Brewer was going to going to win that match. I didn't think he was just going to run through Ramos like that. I mean, that was like like you said, five takedowns. It was five takedowns in two minutes. It's not like he took him down and fell into an ankle lace and rolled him across the mat a few times. And that was about as dominating of a performance as I've ever seen a a guy put on a two-time world team member I mean it was it was different attacks it was it was quick and he was he was relentless and uh, I remember I
0: remember when when it happened Ben and I talked about it right after it happened on our you know podcast and I remember saying it's one thing for Brewer to beat Ramos it's another thing for Brewer to tech Ramos but then it's another thing for Brewer to tech Ramos with takedowns and just you know no one I mean I, I don't know how you could have imagined that happening, but it's I mean five takedowns is just absolutely dominant. It's it's just it's not it's not a takedown to a lace. It's not, you know, a one point win. It's no I'm gonna go out there and in a two minute span I'm gonna throw you to the mat five times. Yep. Yeah, no, it
2: was impressive. It, it was a special thing to be a part of.
1: Um, so, so moving on, you got, you had a, a big announcement today. Well, you didn't announce it, obviously. Um, the recruit did. Uh, Anthony Cassiope, I believe that's how you say it, from Illinois, uh, number 27 in his class by Flo, just committed to Northwestern, so congrats on that. And I know I was down at the Super 32, and you, you hear a lot of rumors when you're down there. And I heard another rumor about um, another potential commit to you, and I don't even know if, if I could say what I heard or not. Uh, I I don't know, but I, well, what the NCA can't come after me, can they?
2: NCA the can't say anything. To you No, I, I can only confirm
1: okay. the uh, the recruitment of an athlete. Um,
2: I can't actually say if they have committed or not. Okay. Well, I heard I heard want. you guys are
1: <laughs> either have have Michael Beard in the bag or, or close to having Michael Beard in the bag, and obviously he's the number one wrestler at 182 pounds in the country, and he's only a junior.
2: Well, I, if you go to Flow Wrestling, I think you can find the answer to that. Um, or somebody's Twitter account. But I, I we are recruiting Michael Beard, and that, that's all I can say about it, unfortunately.
1: Okay. Boom. Well, Love to, it. How about <laughs> Cassiopeia? So you guys pumped to get Cassiope in or no? Uh,
2: again, I can confirm the recruitment of but that
1: athlete, but you're, you're going to have to refer to other sources. Dude,
2: you
0: we're, we're going to start calling, calling you Coach Clint- Hillary Clinton.
2: <laughs>
1: right? Are we talking to Hillary here? <laughs> we're talking
0: <laughs> to Hillary, man.
1: Well, you know there is a little bit of politicking
2: and uh, you know PR. You have to have a little tact as head coach. So, wait, so wait. I don't uh, know if that's if that's a compliment or a uh, or a dig, but
1: it's both. It's both. Wait, so <laughs> man, let me ask them. you. So, um, so even though he announced today, it was announced on Full Wrestling that he was going to go to Northwestern. You can't also confirm that. No, I I can't confirm any. Come on, from Ben. Oh,
2: come on. A Dude, you the, Ben, you were an
0: NCAA coach for, like, a year or two, weren't you?
1: That, that doesn't yeah, that I making say, this one up. I don't know how much Dude. you follow the rules anyway. <laughs> you <laughs> got to know that, Ben. But, come on, the kid announced it. You can, you can just say, yeah, that's – okay, well, how about this? We we'll, won't we'll pose it. What do you think about Ath- Cassiopeia as an athlete? Or, uh, you know, what do you think about him? How about that, man?
2: I, I think I think I'm allowed to answer that one. Okay. Um, he he's, he's a good, phenomenal wrestler. You know, he uh double cadet, uh field, or wWw cadet uh, national champ last year. Both styles, junior national runner up. The, the kid knows how to wrestle. He he's, he's a winner.
1: Yeah, so that's pre- that's pretty awesome that you guys have um, two high level juniors already signed. Uh, to, to that class, I mean, that's, you know, when you're talking about building the future, that, that's what it takes right now, and you're going to have two top top 30 guys right off the bat, and obviously, I'm sure you'll be looking to get more. Um. Yeah,
2: keep keep checking that out, because I, I think this weekend we'll have another big announcement coming up.
1: Uh-oh. woo Can, you give, us, can you give us any hints?
2: <laughs> no yeah, kidding. Man, this is...
1: They, they may
2: or may not be teammates with one of the guys that we have confirmed recruitment of.
1: Oh shoot! Well, not, now I gotta like gotta go on Google and do my research and stuff. Do a and, little research, you okay. guys. You guys might figure it out,
2: um, you know. <laughs> and, and so we're we're, hope, we're hoping to get another commitment from a, another top fifteen kid out of that junior class.
1: Okay, well that that would be uh man that would be a hell of a class right there three three top thirty guys, um, and obviously we're really early in the process
2: yeah yeah four, four is the goal, and I think if we do that, we give ourselves a, a fighting chance at having the number one recruiting class of the class of twenty eighteen and that that's the goal i mean we i we have some hard working kick ass assistants in there right now and uh we're doing the work we're putting the work in, and i think we're gonna we're gonna see the fruits of that labor here uh pretty soon
1: sure, so let me ask you this. And, and Tommy doesn't know. We, me, and you text a little bit earlier today. And, and Matt, you said this to me, and I might—I I kind of thought you were insane. I might still think you're insane, but you gave a decent argument. So, right. you said that you don't think there should be any dual meets in the NCA anymore.
2: I'm not, I'm not saying any dual meets. Okay, I don't wow. think there need to be
1: as many dual meets. You no, know,
2: I, I think I think that you should you should still have some duels. You know, you should you should keep some of the. Historical aspect of wrestling alive, but I just don't think dual meets. I, I feel like we're trying to jam the round peg in a square hole with dual meets. Everybody well, keeps saying that they're they're the lifeblood of wrestling, and and if, if dual meets were that cool and that popular, dual meets would be that cool and that popular. We wouldn't need to keep trying to turn them into something or make them bigger to to draw all these people. You know, to like like in Iowa, people they they fill the stands and they they got more people for that grapple on the gridiron, but. Are those people there because that was a wrestling match or they are there because it was a wrestling match in the stadium? You know, we're getting kind of gimmick, gimmicky. And, and it's cool because you're growing the sport. Yeah. But I, I don't necessarily think that we need to have as many duels. And I think there, there are parts of the dual meet aspect or that structure that are kind of shooting ourselves in the foot with, with doing what we claim to the goal to be, which is grow wrestling. Um, if you look at programs that have been dropped the two biggest reasons typically are APR issues and and budgetary issues. And dual meets don't make sense in either of those two areas. You know, from a budgetary standpoint, you're taking a kid, you're flying them halfway across the country, you're putting up in a hotel hotel for two or three nights. You know, you're you're providing meals for those days for a kid to go out there. And, and like I said earlier, Ben, you know, to wrestle seven minutes, or yeah. if he wrestles a guy like you, maybe he wrestles twenty seconds. <laughs> Yeah. And then on top of it, you know, and, and the kid's making weight, you know, all that grind. On top of that, now the kid's missing two days of class all for, you know, seven yeah. minutes. Seven minutes maximum wrestling. Well, that, and when APR is a major, major issue with teams getting dropped, that that doesn't add up. That is a man. I
1: mean... It's an interesting argument, right?
0: Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know that I agree, but man, I respect... I've never heard that stance, and there's a lot of logic in the opinion. And uh, man, so let
1: me ask you a question, Matt. Because I, you know, we didn't really follow up in text. You said that, and I knew we'd get the opportunity to talk about it tonight. So, would, would that, I, I guess I'm assuming that you're proposing that since they would do like you know multi, little multi mini tournaments or multi match things, <laughs> um, each team would then do less competitions per year. Right now, I think it's what 16 dates or something that. So you would shrink the amount of dates down a little bit?
2: Yeah, I think, I think you shrink the dates down a little bit. Um, you, you have a few less competitions. It saves on, on budget for schools. It, it keeps the kids in the classroom a little bit longer. So you're saving on the budget. Kids' grades are going up. APRs are going up um and and i feel like it's win win and then the uh the added benefit to this is just the the atmosphere that you could provide if you have instead of a dual meet with two teams maybe go to a four four team mini tournament each team enters two wrestlers now instead of just having fans from two schools you have fans from four four schools instead of having 20 sets of parents in the in the stands you've 80 that come there to watch their kids so you're growing the atmosphere you're going to make the event a more fun event to be at because you have more fans there, more cheering. And and then the, uh, the kind of bonus benefit to all this is you're guaranteed to see the two best wrestlers at the weights wrestle in the final. Instead of a dual meet, you might have a dual meet between two top teams, but maybe they're mismatches all the way across the lineup, or maybe you have one or two real marquee matches. If you have the little – mini-tournaments, you're guaranteed to have the two best wrestlers of the way at wrestling each other, and, and I think you'd get a little bit better uh, wrestling out of it.
1: Sure. So, so since you're proposing, so, we'll go, let's go deeper into this, because I, I think this is really interesting. And I Yeah, let's do it. Like you said, maybe maybe it's not something that happens straight across the board, but it's something that happens sometimes, and it does help out um, a program with budgetary issues. So, if you're going to do, say, four teams, they can all enter two if they want to, um, you put him in eight man bracket. You put them in two pools of four, and then the one versus one, two versus two, etc. Or um, you know, how exactly would you estimate that that be wrestled out?
2: I, I was thinking more of a more of a you know eight man bracket, straight line bracket, and, and okay. run through it
1: and wrestle through it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so uh, have you? The, the, uh, other,
2: the other thing that does too is is you get you get more kids involved in wrestling. It's not just your ten starters that get to wear a single and compete.
1: Yeah, and obviously the argument there is that there already is open tournaments, but every one of us know that open tournaments are long, they're exhausting, they're not spectator-friendly mm-hmm. in any sense no. of the imagination. Right, um, right. And, and,
2: then, and then when you have your dual meets, now, you know, say instead of having 12 dual meets a year, you have six, or you have, you, know, you have five. You put the same amount of effort that you would promote 12 duels, put it into six, each of your events should be twice as good. You know, it's kind of like, um, I'm going to make some pretty obscure references here, but you know, Justin Timberlake, phenomenal SNL host, people to ask him, you know, why don't you, why aren't you a regular? And he says, well, if I was a regular, it wouldn't be that good. You know, things that are common and happen all the time. They're, they're not that great. Look, look at, look at rocks, the rocks that are all laying around the ground. Nobody wants those. The ones that are rare and and you find every once in a while, those are the big ones. Mm -hmm. Those are the ones that are worth money. So Make it more of a special event. Spend a little bit more time promoting it, promoting it, making it. Dude, cool I didn't and think and I was better gonna,
0: product. I'm just mind blown. I, if I didn't know any better, I thought you went to Wisconsin, Storniola. Holy smokes!
2: Hey, whoa. hey, watch it. I coach at
1: Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wait, uh, uh, Tommy, are you saying that that you're uh, you're bought into his program here, or what?
0: I I am bought into the the thought. Pro- I mean, it's like. You got anyone that I mean I don't I don't buy into something just because they say it to me, but I'm going to sleep on this. I like the thought process, you know. It makes business sense from a from an economic sense. Controlling the budget, there are I mean, let's take Ohio State for instance. They probably have uh you know 15 dual meets a year. There's only three or four that I really care about watching. The rest, the rest is an event to get out of the house and say hello to my friends and bring my son and watch. And so, as a fan, I don't think I'd mind it. As an athlete, I certainly wouldn't mind it. And I think as a a coach, you can put more energy and money into promoting the duels that actually matter to you. I think there's merit to it. I mean, man, I've never really heard it talked to that way.
1: So, Matt, are you going to then – are you planning on putting one of these together as kind of a test run? Or have you already done it?
2: No, we haven't done it. And and really, I mean, this is an idea that that I've kicked around. I've shared it with a couple of people. But after hearing you guys kind of – Vows that it holds some water. That's something. Maybe next year we'll try to do something like this on the put it on the schedule, and, and maybe it'll be something that catches on. I, I think that wrestlers are stubborn. You know, we don't yeah, like to change. It, it's that's that's pretty apparent, and and we've I, I feel like we kind of have blinders on with this. We're we're trying to keep doing what worked before, and and you know we need to change with the times. Times are changing, and it used to be everybody would go to dual mates and stuff. I think because it you had five channels on television now people have 250 some you can watch matches from from home you, you need to think a little bit differently about how you're gonna get butts in the seats
1: yeah i, I would definitely be interested to see it play out uh, and see how it goes and you know i don't i don't think there's any, been done anything exactly like this but obviously there's there's been quad duels and that kind of thing which you know isn't in the same same vein exactly what you're saying but um it would be the same from as far as you know reducing travel by getting a lot of matches in at one time kind of right. deal. Um Yeah, and I th- you know, I think what else we're seeing in college scheduling is people are getting less matches. I mean I, I know when I was coming through we were at about forty matches a year or so. And and I, and I think even if you look older records, it was around fifty matches and now you're you're really seeing a lot of the teams are holding it right around thirty matches or, or so for every year.
2: It's it's a long, tough season, and then when you you add training to it, I mean, if you talk to anybody that's played football and wrestling, most people tell you wrestling's a harder sport. You know, it hurts more leaving a competition. Um, look at football; it's played once you know once a week. They only have what twelve twelve games in the NFL.
1: Yeah,
2: and and I, I feel like it kind of goes into. you know, the same line of thought: If you put more effort into promoting fewer duels, you have better product. If if your wrestlers aren't as chewed up throughout the season, your end product's going to be a better product too.
1: Yeah, that that, that makes perfect sense. Um, hey, so one one topic Tommy and I were talking about last week was the you know the uh, and this kind of goes in, and I, I want to hear your opinion on it. Um, the split season where they're doing the tournament national championship or the and then the dual national championship. Uh, pushing it back to a one-semester thing. Where do you stand on all those issues? Uh, you,
2: you know, I, I think I think the one-semester idea w- would be beneficial. Um, and for, for a school like us, it would put us in a little bit of a predicament. We'd have to figure out what we're doing with the Midlands. Um, you know, it would obviously change the ch- timing of that. And um, and, and we could, we we'd make that adjustment. And the one-semester idea is great because, again, this, Goes back to APR. If right. you only have kids that are traveling and competing over one semester or one semester, or however it breaks down, that's good. They can focus on their academics half the year. They they have their attention split between the wrestling and the academics the other half of the year. And I think you see grades and APRs go up. I'm not necessarily sold on um, on the two different seasons. Um, I, I feel like that's more of a to try to again make dual meets more relevant than they actually are, um, and yeah, I, I don't like that idea. Look, look at, for for example, under the current qualification standards, you have to hit so many matches before you can be ranked or get get an index to uh, to qualify your spot for nationals. Some of the ways that guys have been injured, you know, if they're injured during the year, they have the option of going and entering some open tournaments to get their matches up so that they hit these qualification standards. If you do away with tournaments in the latter half of the year, you're you're taking that opportunity away from guys. Now you're not going to have the best guys qualifying spots for nationals. You're not going to have the best guys going to nationals, and your product's going to suffer in the long run.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting point because we obviously have seen that in, in the last few years where, um, you know, a guy might get hurt and then the team only has duels left on the schedule and they go to an open tournament by themselves to, to meet those qualification standards. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's an interesting. Thought it's right yeah,
0: there. it's just it's just the it's just a shuffle around, you know. Hey, go to this open tournament, get a couple of dubs, and you know, just it's 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 defeat. It's counterintuitive to the purpose of it of it all.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um. And so one more topic, uh, that we want to hit you up on, Matt and and Tommy and I just we started the show today and we were talking. I'm in North Carolina right now. I went with the. Uh, the Wolfpack RTC, the last couple days to work out. But we were talking about how good of a job Pat Popolizio is doing and how he didn't have maybe the degree he was good, obviously, but didn't have the greatest wrestling credentials. And we kind of got on the topic of uh, wrestling is one of the only sports where the guys with the the very best credentials usually get the best jobs. And and Tommy and I were both kind of making the point that it's kind of a silly thought process. And, and you know, someone... I know Brian Smith who he's in Missouri doing a fantastic job and he maybe didn't have the best college credentials um, so what do you think it is about the wrestling world that that makes those guys get those jobs all the time and do you think that uh, you know it's beneficial because I would say you're in the middle there you had a very good career but you know maybe you wouldn't be up there with a brands or a Sanderson um, so what do you think about that topic
2: um I, I think I think you guys are pretty spot on with it um yeah if you look at other sports like baseball football those coaches and managers they're they're typically not your best players um and it's probably probably has something to do with with the wrestling mindset like i said earlier we're, we're stubborn people we we think a little bit differently and and i think with wrestling there's a bit of an elitist an elitist attitude with uh just learning from people they're uh certain guys want to want to say, you know, how how can I learn from that guy? He, he wasn't even an all American or, you know, that guy wasn't a national champ. He's not going to be able to make me a national champ. Yeah. And I think you're right. It is similar to, similar to wrestling. Um, Or it's, it's uh, special to wrestling, I I should say. But I I don't know other than just that, that kind of wrestling mindset, what, how to explain that or, or why I think that is, why do you think I, so you sometimes know, have, it works? I have, I have one reason that I just thought of. Um, Wrestling is kind of unique also. You don't see coaches in other sports that get on their, their playing field. And football coaches aren't playing football at practice with their players. Baseball coaches aren't, you know, well, maybe they, they throw some pitches. But for the most part, your, your coaches don't interact at practice with yeah. your athletes. Wrestling, it, it happens. So there is something to be said. You're going to have a built-in workout partner with your coach they're actually out there on the mat and they're mixing it up with you
1: interesting yep yep um so i guess one topic that i'm kind of reluctant to bring up matt but you threw it at me and i and I'm, i let you run with one already and we're, we're gonna let you run with one more But <laughs> so right, you great. said something like pokemon go is like coaching wrestling and I don't play Pokemon Go, so I have no idea what in the hell you're talking about. It's, Neither it's do a, I. A, the
2: lack of a better term, it, it's the same damn thing. Um, I, so wait, let me get this. Tommy,
1: we... you've never played, right?
0: No, no. I know that people fell off a cliff in San Diego chasing a Pokemon oh, Go. Oh,
1: God, really? Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. You
2: know, similarities right there. Pokemon Go players are crazy. Wrestlers are crazy. You know, <laughs> they're going to go whatever ends they have to go to to you know, meet their goals. Um, but... The, I was actually, I was explaining it to to a friend about, like, how Pokemon Go works. And and I'm not a huge Pokemon Go player. I I, I played a couple of times with my girlfriend, and I actually, I I took a recruit um, a couple of weeks ago into the city to a Pokemon Go hotspot and walked him around and played some Pokemon Go with him there. can you say
1: what recruit that was or no? I I can, I don't think, no. No, I don't think I (laughs) He cannot disclose. (laughs) I can't disclose the source. But, this is
2: the way I describe it, you know. Think, think about Pokemon Go. Your, your whole objective is you're trying to go out and you're trying to catch the best Pokemon you can catch, which is like going out and recruiting. You're trying to find the best recruits. Then, you, like I said, you got to catch them. You got to get them. You got to get them to your university. In Pokemon Go, you're trying to get them in a ball. In wrestling, you're trying to get them to your university. Then, once you have the Pokemon, you got to train it. You got to get it stronger, and then you send it out to fight the other Pokemon and see who's better. So really that's, <laughs> that that's really, that's what you do. Is that what Pokemon Go is?
1: That's really what you you train that.
2: them. You, yeah, you train them. They get stronger, and then you go battle other Pokemon.
1: Try to take no. over
2: their gyms. I that's
1: had no idea. <laughs> I had no idea. None. So why are are So is it like MMA fighting? Like they go fight the other gyms or what? Yeah, you got to knock. You got to knock off the
2: uh, the Pokemon that are guarding the gym, and then you make it your gym.
1: Wow, that's interesting. And I, I had no idea. Uh, yeah, I, I feel
2: I feel like Cal Kale, Kale would be able to back me up a little bit on this one. Uh, I know he's a big Clash of Clan player. He is um, maybe not Pokemon Go. Yeah, he's a, he's a huge Clash of Clans player. We actually our, one of my assistants caught him during the finals of Fargo playing Pokemon Go. Oh <laughs> but no, I not be that
1: good. Uh-huh. Yeah, he got he got busted. But uh but yeah, you know, and I feel like
2: I feel like they're, they're all it's all relative, you know.
1: Sure. Absolutely. Well, um I, I did my research while we were talking here, Matt. And okay. while you can't speak on it, I can and I so rumors are true and apparently it's already confirmed that Michael Beard is in the, he's committed to Northwestern. And then looking well, how through... How about that? How about that? <laughs> so congrats, congratulations. And then looking through the, the list, uh, Michael Beer has a teammate named Ryan Caroli, who's also, like you said, a top 15 guy. And so while you cannot confirm nor deny, uh, I'm going to maybe go ahead and guess that that might be who you guys are recruiting. <laughs> I, I can confirm the recruitment of Ryan Caroli. Okay. Well, that's interesting. That would be... That would put together quite a fantastic class for you guys. Um, I guess last question before we let you go: uh, Johnny Sebastian, Bryce Brill, both very highly recruited guys, hurt last year. They're back this year. What are you, what are you looking to get out of those guys?
2: They're, they're a couple of talents. Um, they. I, I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility to see both of those guys on, on top of the podium come March. And, and wow, I know that, that there there are a lot of things that go into it. You know, and it's not all, not always the best wrestler that that wins that tournament. Um, you know, there, there's a little bit of uh, I mean, it, it's who's on on a certain day. It's matchups. It's sometimes it's when a ref blows a whistle. But both of those kids are, are good enough to do it. Um, they're, they're both gamers. They've they're not they're not new to Big competition, and yeah, I, I have extremely high expectations for uh, for both of them.
1: Well, that's all, and then so they'll be fifty-seven and sixty-five then. Fifty-seven and seventy-four. Bryce is going to go uh, fifty-seven, and Johnny is going to go one seventy-four. Okay, nice. Well, Tom, you got anything else for Matt before we let him go?
0: No, man, it's just awesome to have young young people coaching at big-time programs with a lot of resources and. It's exciting to see all the progress so quickly, Matt. Congrats and we should have you on again. I mean your insight was you know, I, I, I don't say this very often, but having someone say something to me that makes sense that I've never heard before, it doesn't really happen too often. So I'm impressed and you've got me thinking all night. I'm probably not gonna sleep very well. It's good it's good ah. stuff, man. I'm gonna have to ponder on it. Well,
2: I I really appreciate it. That's quite a Quite a compliment.
0: Thank you, Tommy. I'm in Chicago once a month, too, slinging produce, so I'll have to get a hold of you. Get your number from Ben. Maybe we can hang out a little bit.
1: Yeah, that'd be great. Well, all right, Matt. Thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Thanks, Ben. Really appreciate
0: it. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Matt. Man, Ben.
1: Tommy, you still there?
0: Yeah, that guy was impressive. Matt Storniolo.
1: He, He definitely thinks outside the box. I've known him from afar for,
0: you know, the better part of, I'd say, about 10 years, 10, 12 years. And yeah. Always uh, always smiling, always good, upbeat personality. I don't doubt, I would have assumed even before talking to him on the podcast tonight that he's a good recruiter or has that that penchant to to communicate with people very well. But uh, his thoughts are very organized. Wouldn't yeah. you say?
1: Oh, I didn't say anything. I was getting ready to say something. I, I I've got to know him pretty well, uh, because he slings some mean disc, which means <laughs> him and I have uh spent a few hours walking up and down the disc golf course here or there. Um uh, got to talk and yeah, he's uh you know, and we, we need more of him in wrestling, guys who kinda of think outside the box like he does. I mean, when he first said that thing to me about dual meets, I'm like, uh, what the hell is he talking about? And then you know, sure enough, he made a whole bunch of good points, and to the point where me and you were thinking, well, yeah, we should someone should try that and see how it goes. And really, you know, I I put up a post on my Facebook page yesterday about you know how people need to evolve within wrestling. You you know, the the best wrestlers always evolve; they they never stay who they are for too long. Because if you stay for who you are too long, people are going to catch you and they're going to figure you out. And so I think you can say the same thing for the sport of wrestling. If and, and, and sadly, and sadly enough. We didn't evolve enough, and that was the reason. one of the reasons we got dropped from the, the Olympics when we did three years ago. Um, so I think wrestling as a sport, I mean, Tommy, you and I have talked about this at length, um, needs to evolve a whole a whole bunch more. So having guys in the sport like Matt who are thinking outside the box, thinking that way, uh, can only do us a whole bunch of good.
0: Well, I will tell you, anybody that can say something in an organized fashion the way that he did, you know, it. You got to keep them in the sport, in the front, um, leading something. Because you know, not to get too cliched here, but the people that can that can innovate and and lead a charge and stand for something that's a little bit unique, they usually make big changes in the in the space that they work in. And man, I, I just I just never knew that Storniolo had that consistent, organized thought process um, about him. I mean, he everything he said had applied logic to it which you know i would imagine when he's in a living room with a kid and the parents they're like man i mean my son gets to get a great education he gets exposed to somebody that really thinks before he speaks you know and he gets to be in chicago and a great job network and he's gonna he's gonna get some studs he's gonna get
1: them i believe so too and obviously doesn't hurt to have an awesome man well it does hurt a little bit it hurts and it helps to have an amazing academic institution behind you obviously the admission standards are a lot more strict, but then sometimes you get those kind of kids who are just great kids across the board, do great at school, and do great at wrestling.
0: Well, maybe they have a good need program, like like if they need a one forty one pounder, admissions office will let them let them get admitted.
1: Oh, I don't I don't think they I don't, I don't think they get them in that easy. I'm not for sure on that one. Well, some schools I know do Cornell.
0: Well, yes, yeah, I'll leave them nameless.
1: <laughs> um. <laughs> We got a few minutes left. You want to talk politics? Because we got the last debate coming up tonight. Oh man, yeah, no we can't.
0: We, yeah, your 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 buddy, your buddy, your buddy Trump, has he's got some serious uh, overcoming to do. Well,
1: let me ask you this: because uh, mainstream media is not covering it at all, Tommy, and we we are in in some sense of the word, we are media a little bit. Have you been paying attention to any of the WikiLeaks documents that are coming out?
0: Yeah, man, it's, it's it's absolutely bananas.
1: I mean, can, so I just don't know how anyone with reasonable logic could, at this point, you say, I hate Trump, but I don't see how you could vote for Hillary. I mean, just, just a few of the things that have came out, I mean, and there's a lot of things, but just a few, like the fact they tried to bribe the FBI to change the classified emails to unclassified emails so they didn't get in trouble, yep. um, that's like mind-blowing, uh, the whole one that came out about her saying you need a, a public policy and a private policy, referring to when she's talking to the banks, before when she's you know talking to America public. Like when you hear those two things, and you just think like this is like. Well, this uh, or how, about, how
0: about how about her campaign starting two fake um, Catholic organizations to create um, d- divisiveness amongst a specific religion?
1: I like, can hear that one.
0: Oh, yeah. That was about three weeks ago. Could you imagine if Donald Trump started two fake Islamic um, uh, religious groups to create divis- divisiveness in the American Islamic faith? What, what the liberals would have done to him in the media?
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, that, that's crazy. And then obviously the one that's coming out just recently is that there's all this undercover footage of and what it's essentially is people being contracted from the DNC to go to Trump rallies and start riots and start yeah. fights and stuff. Yeah, um, so
0: so so I agree with you. I don't know how you could vote for Hillary, but Ben, we've got we've got a we've got to be an unbiased media source. And this Donald Trump We do? <laughs> well, I want to be. How about that? Is okay, that better? This Donald Trump is a clown too. I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to vote for him over Hillary, but I shouldn't even say that. I'm I'm definitely not voting for Hillary. I thought be- you
1: said you were unbiased. <laughs>
0: I'm just stating my opinion, but I'm not voting for Hillary. I'm probably going to vote for Trump, but this guy is a first-class schmucko, too. Sure.
1: But, okay, so last thought then. Did you see the, the one uh, other email, the WikiLeaks email that said um, – I don't remember which, which member of the Democratic Party was. but said they want to create a, a compliant citizenry that is unaware of what's going on. Did you see that one?
0: Yeah, I, I I saw that, and I I even feel bad saying who I was going to vote for or not for. All I know is that these these two candidates. I can't believe that this is this is these are our choices.
1: Yeah, well, you know, I was just thinking that. Uh, I mean, man, with uh, you know, compliant citizenry and who is unaware of what's going on. I gotta say that the citizenry is not compliant. But I think there is a lot of people in America who are very unaware of what's going on because mainstream media is not covering this stuff. Um, no. And they just aren't. And I think that in itself is unfair um, because I think the the American public, even if they don't want to do the research for themselves, um, it is the duty of the media to cover the the election and everything else fairly, which I don't know that they're doing.
0: Our mainstream media is is the biggest uh catalyst for why these are our two candidates. The, the, the these two yep. candidates together sell the best commercials, the most valuable commercials. I mean the the debate ratings are unbelievably high compared to past. Are
1: they? And
0: oh yeah. Yeah. It's just it's brutal. I'm getting mad. I'm not even I don't even think feel like we're talking about good stuff here, but that debate tomorrow <laughs> is going to be off the the debate tomorrow is going to be off the chain. I mean, it's going to be a no holds barred, let it rip, um, you know, just just meltdown. Yeah, Especially, you know, it's going to be crazy. So
1: and and Tommy, me, I mean, I don't love to talk about. I'd rather talk about wrestling than politics any of the week. But at the end of the day, this is this is the future of America in the balance. And uh, if I can inspire a hundred more people to go out and read some articles that they haven't previously read. Uh, Read to uh, maybe become more informed about what's actually going on in the world around them, then I think that's my, that's my duty as an American.
0: Yeah, I think that, I think that um, Donald Trump is a loudmouth. He's said so many inappropriate things. But if you want to talk about corruption, um, I would say that none of, neither one of them are very good examples. But I would say that Hillary Clinton by far takes the cake over Donald Trump. In terms of deep-rooted corrupt behavior.
1: Hundred well, percent. Let's end on that note.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> I bet we're gonna, we're gonna have some people tweeting out of saying "Don't talk to me about politics ever again," or "I'm not watching your show." And
1: oh well, that's fine. It's free, it's free country, right? It's America. We,
0: we want to, <laughs> really? uh,
1: and they're allowed to tweet what they want to. So if you don't agree, yep. you can tweet it. That's we're perfectly fine with that, man. Uh, you know, I, man, I said we were gonna end the podcast, but so I don't know if you saw this, but George St Pierre became a free agent. You are gonna play
0: this? You gonna you gonna play this? You gonna fight this, dude?
1: Well, if I yeah, I'm gonna try to. I'm gonna do the best I can. So I've been I've been harassing him with tweets and and and, you know we talk about freedom of speech. It is so funny some of the some of the tweets I get back tell me I'm a jackass or I suck or I can't fight. It's it's hilarious. Um, So yeah, I'm a big boy. And if if you you guys want to text me and tell me that you don't like something I say, I'll perfectly fine with that because it would. You'll
0: retweet them and make comments. You'll just say let's do it.
1: Yeah, so yeah, it's all good. So Tommy, I'm sure we'll be back next week. I don't know. Maybe we'll get a guest. Maybe maybe we'll do a college wrestling preview.
0: I think we got a couple more weeks before we do the preview, but it's it's coming. It's coming.
1: It's coming coming in time. Yep. All right, buddy. All right, brother. Have a good one. Thank you, Defense Soap. As always, they were they were at the Super 32. How'd they do? Uh, good. I'm sure.
0: How was Rudis there? Was there a lot of Rudis gear?
1: Rudis was everywhere, dude.
0: Outstanding. It's good to hear. All right, brother. I'll talk to you next week. See you, bud. Thanks, bye. You are listening to the T. Rowan Funky Show, brought to you by Defense Soap. Defend what you have built.